Hey there, this is Jenny Chen. I'm the founder of 3D Heels. Welcome to the Lattice Podcast, the official podcast for 3D Heels. This is where you will find fun but in depth conversations with technological game changers, creative minds, entrepreneurs, rule breakers, and more, focusing on how we can use 3D technologies like 3D printing and bioprinting to reinvent healthcare and even life sciences. This podcast will also include AMA or Ask Me Anything sessions, past Instagram live interviews with influencers, and other direct engagements with our tribe. Hey! <laughs> Always scares me this, these couple of uh, minutes. Just want to make sure everybody can sign on. Um, yeah, exactly. But uh, I'm glad you did it. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for uh, joining us today, Robin. I think we have a couple of uh, audience people are signing up, uh, but um, I want to start this episode uh, with an introduction about who you are. Um, so Robin is the founder of Admio, obviously the account we're interviewing today. Um, and you had a actually ra rather long journey of entrepreneurship. Um, you actually had your own design studio for more than 10 years, maybe even when you were a student, based on the description you gave me. Um, and then after that, you had very extensive uh, work experience in the 3D printing uh, industry. Um, starting with Shapeway, you say you basically worked with all the polymer-based 3D printers, and then uh, you moved on to um, additive in the industries, additive industries, and then you had metal and uh, basically metal 3D printing experience. And then you founded in pandemic last year, you founded Admio uh, as the, the main 3D printing education, uh, education platform, basically. So um, why don't you tell us what inspired you to start Admio? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks, uh, thanks for inviting me and also thanks for the extensive introduction. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, even before I started at Shapeways, I already knew that I wanted to, to start my own company. Uh, and I also knew that it, that it had to be like a free printing company uh, because I fell in love with the technology in, uh, during my studies, during my uh, internship. Um, but I didn't really know exactly what kind of company I wanted to start. And then uh, it sort of formed, the idea formed. Uh, I wanted it to be educational. Uh, at first, I thought about uh, giving training or giving workshop, workshops at uh, uh, elementary schools and high schools. Um, and during my career, um, it, it sort of uh, transformed uh, yeah, in, into something that, that became more and more clear and also more and more realistic um, because I also wanted to bootstrap my company. Um, yeah, I deliberately uh, didn't want to have any funding uh, from a VC uh, or a bank loan uh, at the start. Uh, and I think the last, the last thing that, that really helped me make the decision was that I uh, ran into Kickstarter and read about it and learned more about it. And eventually, that's how uh, that's how I started the company. Um, yeah, one thing that was really important for me was that I I saw this extremely powerful group of technologies, three D printing, uh, and I saw that it, 
that it was adopted uh, quite early in uh, Formula One, aerospace, uh, really the industry where you have uh, very high value parts, but also uh, yeah, uh, uh, large budgets. So really the industries that, that uh, can spend the money. Um, and I saw a gap. So I saw these really powerful uh, technologies uh, and I saw a lot of people that, that couldn't use it because they didn't really know how to use it or when to use which technology. And then I thought, well, I, I want to make a, a scalable platform, something that is digital so that I can share uh, everything I've learned with a lot of people uh, and, and make it really affordable. Yeah, as I was reading your bio, I was like, wow, Robin had the best education anyone can uh, in 3D printing because you basically worked with all type of 3D printer, uh, pro 3D printing processes. You work with different materials and you, with Shapeway, I bet you saw a variety of applications. Um, I, yeah, so I'm, I'm sure you have more experiences than many of us who, you know, just have one printer at home. Um, so do you see yourself more of a 3D printing engineer or do you see yourself as a 3D printing designer? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. And also very, uh, very uh, interesting that you noticed that because looking back, indeed, I think this is one of the best uh, starts of a career you can have in this industry. Uh, but it's not that I knew it from the start because Shapeways literally was the first a uh, professional company I came in contact with because I had to order something there. And I saw this website and I, I almost couldn't believe how it worked that I could design something because I was trained as an industrial designer that I could design an end product functional and durable and uh, upload it and, uh, and, and pay like 20 bucks or 30 bucks and have it a few days later. I thought this is incredible. Why is, is nobody jumping on this technology? And since they were the first ones, and I was so extremely impressed by everything I, I saw, I really thought, okay, I want to work at this company. Um, and, and indeed, looking back, I think, I think for everyone, if you want to start a career or make a career in 3D printing, working at a service provider is so uh, extremely insightful because uh, you really see the best side of 3D printing. It's real production. Instead of printing uh, one part in your office, what I'm also doing uh, a lot of times, but now you're, you're printing hundreds of different parts every day and you see so many applications. It's really, uh, really insightful. Yeah. So when did you join Shapeway? What, how many years ago was that? Uh, I think around five years ago. And, and, and since, since five years ago, there are a lot of things changed, right? From, yeah. uh, either from design perspective or educational perspective. What are some of the major growths you have seen in the last five years for both? Uh, yeah, I, th I think uh, the market is maturing. That's, that's, that's great to see. Also now at this moment, the uh, market is consolidating. Uh, a lot of big investments, big companies that are bought. Um, yeah, you... Uh, yeah, you really see that, that, that the machines, like the hardware market is maturing and the materials are very much maturing. So, yeah, the big chem uh, companies are uh, really investing in 3D printing. And I think, I, I think what, yeah, what you also mentioned, 
design it's uh, it's talked about but i think uh it it definitely deserves more attention because eventually uh a, a good design for additive manufacturing or for 3d printing makes or breaks your business case um so i i think every company that produces parts and a lot of different companies that don't produce parts at all can benefit from 3d printing and if you take a part that is designed to 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 create in a conventional way to cnc mill and you take that part and you send it to a metal 3d printing service bureau uh, they might charge you five thousand uh, dollars and then you think well this is crazy expensive uh this is not a technology for me but but if you take if you take uh, an application and you go back to purely the function what 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 is really the function of this part and you really optimize it instead of uh, designing it around the limitations of the manufacturing methods yeah then you can then yeah then you create incredible parts something things that can never be uh, created in any other way so, so would it be accurate to say that AdMeo's courses right now focus mainly on the design aspect of 3D printing? Not yet, not yet. Uh, uh, that that will be the next step because I really wanted to. Uh, I wanted to start at the start. So, uh, I I noticed that that a lot of people um, were a bit, um, yeah, sometimes a, a, a bit unsecure or a bit scared to get into the industry because they they would see a metal print or a polymer print and they would think i could never design this or uh, i'm not smart enough um and i i think i think that's not true i think everybody uh, that's creative can benefit from this technology if if you went to college or university or it, it doesn't really matter and yeah, I, I think that's something I want to I want to promote because also in my career, um, I was I was mostly working in teams and everybody uh, uh, has master degrees and PhDs, which is great because that's also a very important important part of the industry. But eventually, you also just need I mean you just need to have passion and creativity and 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 that's enough. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, if to give uh, to give a short preview of what you're going to do in the future for future courses, what are some of the major design concepts you think people should learn in 3D printing? Yeah, yeah. I I think well, I mean, uh, of course, the first things you learn or the first things you you see if you really dive into the design for additive manufacturing is lattices and uh, topology optimization or generative design. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, I remember like the first event where I had to uh, speak for Additive Industries. Uh, I think that was in one of my first weeks. Um, and I almost felt, yeah, I, I had the same feeling. Wow, this is, this is so extremely difficult. Maybe I will never learn how it works, but eventually, I mean, the principles are, are not difficult uh but i mean that's it, it just looks sexy if something is topology optimized you immediately see wow this is futuristic um and i think i think that's cool but that shouldn't be the goal i i think for me the best designs um and the best applications uh shouldn't even 
uh, have to be sold or presented as something that is 3D printed. So I, I think you should combine um, uh, an optimal design uh, and, and a very strong business case uh, and, and, and all the advantages, all the benefits that you, that you can have with this technology. So faster time to market, um, mass customization, and yeah, I mean, now uh, this is exactly, I mean, now uh, we're, we're getting to this terminology that you always hear and it sounds, it sounds difficult, but it's not. I, I think, well, I mean, let me start over. I think the best designs are the designs that improve lives. That's, that's it. And that's also what I like about 3D Hills, that you really have to focus on medical because that is really one of the industries that is seriously transformed in a positive way uh, and you really see applications that improve uh, improve the work that doctors do because they uh, they can practice before they can do a surgery uh, and hugely improve the recovery time of patients uh, and then improve the uh, the time that they can uh, use or, or yeah live with this implant and instead of having to replace it after seven years, maybe they have to replace it after 15 years. Um, so yeah, in that sense, I think those are the best applications, definitely. Yeah, so Robin, I think I definitely echo a lot of passion that you share, um, actually for the, the design aspect of 3D printing. I mean, one of the reasons I started an Instagram account is because I found so many amazing images of 3D printed lattices and applications on Instagram, including your account. Um, I'm fascinated. Thanks all the, the applications that you feature uh, on a regular basis um, and also along the way I encounter a lot of names of softwares that I have never heard of you know until I encountered Instagram like Houdini, Autodesk Maya, uh, Grasshopper. Um, I still don't know how those work and again I'm also very intimidated by the complexity of this what it looks like these softwares are very complex um, so it would be great to have some kind of educational platform to, to learn, to learn these tools, because I do believe also that these are the tools of future. Um, and I know, um, uh, you brought a couple examples from your past design work, uh, or 3d printing work. So do you, you want to show us what? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I think that this is, uh, this is a nice example because it, um, can you see it clearly? I think so, right? You can hold it. Yeah, it's pretty good, but you can hold it closer maybe to the camera and you can rotate a little bit. Maybe, uh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, so so here, do you do you see what it is? Do you have an idea what it is? Ah, this would be a great Instagram and uh, Q&A process. Guys, you guys want to tell, tell us what this is? Can you tell? <laughs> um. Okay, you know, I'm going to take, uh, take a wild guess. Um, it looks like blades of some sort. Is this a, a already, like, finished product, or is this um, has supports around it still? Yeah, yeah the, the, the part is finished, but it should be assembled, so a few components should be added. Well, I, I can show you. I can show you how it normally looks. Okay. Uh, and that's like this. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, okay. Can you can you put that back on again? I want to see it one more time. Yeah. So it's oh. a mouse. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But but 
the great thing is I, I just took a, like a lump of clay and I formed my hand around it and then I 3D scanned it and used it as a basis and then topology optimized it. Nice. Yeah, so it, so it exactly, it, it's made for my hands. For your hands. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And, and then you also see the materials is quite flexible. So, uh, and it, it's all printed at once. So you, you have quite a few things here coming together. Yeah. And you can, you can literally like uh, shove the PCB in and the, and the electrical components and it works. Yeah. And you just have your own mouse. That's awesome. I yeah. love that. This and, is almost, again, how humans can interact with digital world in a way, right? Because you transform your digital world using 3D scanner, you got the digital files, and then you design a computer, you come out, print it out, the thing that you can interact with. It's pretty absolutely. amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I, and uh, I also picked this one because uh, here I also uh, have the metal. So this is uh, in titanium. And you also see that there's like an extra level of difficulty because you have all the support structures. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, the, this is, so, so the other technology, okay. the plastic technology, you can print it without support structures. It's a beautiful material because it's strong and it's flexible and durable. Uh, but I mean, printing in metal is just something else. It's, it's, of course, it's a lot more expensive and a, a bit more complicated, but uh, it's, it's such a beautiful process. Um, yeah, and, and people often think that it's, that it's not really metal, that it's like 50% dense and you can crumble it with your hands, but it's not. It's, it's, it's really metal, like, uh, like a metal rails or whatever. Um, yeah, the, the mechanical properties are similar to uh, the metal that you, that you see around you or uh, in, in structures. So is this mouse uh, designed for a client or is this a mouse that you designed for fun? Uh, yeah, I designed it for fun. <laughs> and yeah, of course. Uh, also, I mean, it, it's cool to, uh, to design things outside of your work. Yeah, no, yes. I mean, I can see so many things just coming out of it, you know, like, you can design a mouse for yourself, or you can design a mouse for a disabled person who absolutely who have absolutely. you know have to have some kind of uh, prosthetics to interact with it. Or um, and then um, another subject I'm very passionate about, even though I'm not an athlete myself, is the uh, performance sports goods. Uh, if you have a a better baseball glove, or um, obviously better shoes. Um, or better snowboard, you can perform better. Um, I don't think it's going to make me an athlete regardless, but it's something that I'm <laughs> very fascinated with. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, uh, things like saddles or like, like helmets, like the, the yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's a beautiful application. I mean, uh, it's, it's so uh, things that are that that should fit to your body like ergonomical designs they're just so much better if they are optimized for your body and your body alone um yeah, yeah and and often i mean if you look at the the hexer helmet for example yeah it's just a, it's a beautiful design it looks cool and everything um uh yeah that that's the beauty if it designs or or if it combines 
a design that's just aesthetically so much better than a, than a standard part. Uh, and the properties are so much better. And it's completely optimized for you as a person. Yeah, that, that's the perfect combination. Yeah, I think people are uh, oftentimes were first drawn to the aesthetics of 3D printing because yeah. I don't know, for some weird reason, it's so pretty. But more importantly, um, there's also functionality that I think that's more important down the line. Um, yeah, how do you balance the two? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, uh, I think the aesthetic side definitely helps. And it also, uh, there's a reason that most of the designs look uh, aesthetically more pleasing. And that is because often you have organic shapes. And the reason therefore is that uh, if you design for 3D printing and you're optimizing, so you want to use the least amount of material as possible, um, then you do that then you do it based on the on the forces that are applied on, on the parts. And then you remove all the material that is not necessary. And that is not something that we came up with as, as humans, but it's purely based on nature. That that's that's also how nature works. Um yeah, if if you have a tree and the and the wind blows from one side all the time, then the tree gets stronger on that side. And that's also uh yeah that that's also how it works with uh, optimized designs. Do you think we can ever be more optimized than nature? That's a very interesting question. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Where is the limit? Yeah, indeed. Indeed. I, I, I think we still find uh, examples in nature every day that we cannot mimic yet. Uh, because of the skill or complexity or we just don't understand it. So, no, I, I think nature does a, a way better job than, than we do at the moment. So speaking of optimization, uh, I want to ask you a question about um, the difference between, let's say, we have a home printer doing prototyping versus production. What, what are some of the things that you think people should, should care about in terms of design? Um, yeah, that, that's a good question. I think if you, um, yeah, I think one of the cool things is, is that there is not always a big difference because for example, the printer you see here, I, I bought it for, uh, I think a hundred euros and it's, it's really a good printer and that was not possible five what years printer ago. Is that? We want to know what, what kind of printer only costs a hundred euro and it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I think it was discounted back then, so maybe it's one thirty or something now. Uh, but it's the it's the yeah it's the monoprice mini. I don't know if I can make. Uh, you can. Uh, that's fine. We're just yeah? users. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and I mean, I've worked with uh, low cost systems, uh, and of course also with expensive uh, systems. Yeah, I think they all have their advantages. Um, yeah, I think as soon as you as you work with the technology and materials that are really expensive, uh, then you just invest more time in the design process because uh, eventually that's worth it. And if you have a printer of 100 euros and you have material that's 15 bucks a kilo, yeah, then you can just prototype whatever you want and you print a few extra to, to hand around. So, yeah. Well, in a way, uh, the 
the, the lack of need, I mean, I, I think there are some printers who are bigger, may need some kind of production design, like to stack things up perfectly. But the fact that, that, you know, just coming from this conversation that you don't always need to optimize design for production versus prototyping, it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Uh, because that means that file can be used anywhere quickly. And you, you, all you have to do is just have more printers um, and then let the robots do the work and become production. So it's not, it's, it's interesting to know. Um, there's always different opinions about things. I think it depends on like what kind of printers you use. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, indeed that's what you see now that if, if, if companies want to scale up production, then you often see that they, uh, they just buy more printers. I don't know if, they, if, if that's the way to go necessarily. I think eventually uh, manufacturing is changing uh, quite rapidly and we're going to, instead of globalization, we're going to localization where you only print what you need and you also print it uh, as closest to you as possible. And I think that's really a good trend. Yeah. Okay, so we have a couple of audience questions. Uh, one is asking, do you build your support structure in CAD? Uh, that, that's a very good question. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I, I did. Uh, if it's really complex, and especially if it's large, then you often combine uh, CAD supports with supports that are generated in uh, the build preparation software. Um, the best designs are designs where the supports are integrated that don't have support at all. And that's not always something that you can do, but that as a, as a designer for AM, for additive manufacturing, that should be your goal, to really, really minimize the supports. Because, because it's sacrificial material, uh, it's waste, and you just want to minimize the waste, and it adds to your uh, process time, because it needs to be removed by somebody. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and then there's another question that says, how do you get the design, I'm assuming the design of your mouse? Yeah, so uh, I, I started with a lump of clay, formed my hand around it. Uh, can you show us again? Someone is asking, can you show us again? It was awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, so, so it's based on, uh, on a lump of clay that I 3D scanned. Um, and then I, I literally put the, the forces that are applied from your fingers, I, I, I uh, imported them into the software. Uh, and then the whole clump, lump of clay is removed except for, uh, yeah, like the finger pads and uh, a few s small organic structures. Is the flexibility of the pad um, I mean, in addition to just the shape of this mouse, like those are also considered, you know, how, how quickly you can click on it or is this having some kind of tactile response to things? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that, that's eventually, I mean, you, you can simulate a lot of things and calculate a lot of things. <laughs> Sorry, something just dropped. No problem. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Okay, great. My but eventually, I'm, I'm a big fan of just like print it, print it and try it out. That, that's the beauty of 3D printing. You can design, you can sketch something in the morning 
and you design it in the afternoon and you print it and uh, in the evening you hold it in your hands that that's beautiful yeah but i want to say, say guys this is like after 20 years or maybe uh okay 10 years of serious design work um i want to do the same thing robin can you teach me how to do it because that's that's what everybody wants to do so how can we transform our ideas into uh, a physical form using yeah. printing yeah it's it's a very good question i would love to uh, focus more on uh, educational uh, content for design, absolutely. But I just want to uh, nail like the basics really good because it's so attractive for me to skip the basics and go to the sexy design part. But yeah, I, I want people to learn like uh, everything that's necessary and yeah, then we exactly. get to the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. I think it is actually amazing that the basics are not really well educated to the public in, yeah. in universities, right? Yeah. And and you're in Netherlands right now. You're in uh, Amsterdam, right? Uh, no, in Eindhoven. Uh, oh, Eindhoven. Okay. Yeah. I mean, where do people in Netherlands gets or Europe in general gets their 3D printing education? Let's say if you're a college student and you want to get a degree. That's a good question. I I think well, most of the technical universities have uh, 3D printing labs and have. Uh, sometimes uh, minors or sometimes even masters. Yeah, I think that's coming up now. But yeah, it, that that definitely can be improved. I mean, yeah, uh, I think it, it's getting better. But it, I I also see that it's difficult for uh, for uh, educational institutions to really keep up because uh, developments are are. Uh, changing so fast I mean industry is going really fast and one of the things also uh, I'm sorry to bring it to you but the best case studies the best applications are in most cases not shared with the public because they they give the companies that develop them a competitive advantage I mean uh, the things you see uh, on the internet and on trade shows uh, that that's probably a selection of uh, of five percent, and the ninety five percent that's probably even better and e even more interesting is often not shared. Yes, I agree with you. So, um, you know, I have friends. Period, um, and uh, you know, SpaceX, for example, they have their internal three D printing team, and uh, Apple has their own internal three D printing factory. I don't know exactly what they do with them. Maybe I do, I just can't say it, but they do have it and they've been using it. And there's a reason why they paid more to get more. So I believe that. I think that's a good thing that people keep in mind. There are a lot of things that we don't really know that's happening is undercurrent and it's coming. And it is good to uh, start to learn this technology from the bottom up. Um, I, th I think we have maybe one last question. I think one, one person asked a question. I think the relevant question is, if you're going to start to learn a process, uh, FDM, DLP, SLS, which one would you start with? I would start with FDM um, because it's it's safe to use. It's really easy to use, uh, affordable, um, and it has quite some similarities with more expensive materials because you, uh, yeah, I don't have, I, uh, I do have an example here. So this is printed on, on the 100 euro printer. 
And the thing is that you still need to define orientation. You still need to add supports in many cases. Um, so you really learn the principles also of, of, of other technologies that are more expensive and more difficult to learn. Awesome. Well, Robin, thank you so much for having a conversation with me today. Hopefully we can do this again. And thanks for the audience for asking all these uh, great questions. And uh, we will see you soon. Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. That's it for this episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 3D Heels. And check out the links in the show notes. See you next time. <laughs>